something strange in your neighborhood. Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters! It's something weird and it don't look good. Hello and welcome to the Tuesday quarterback edition of the Gridiron Podcast. I'm your host and commissioner, Huck Breeze, here to review a roller coaster of a week five in the Gridiron Fantasy League. We are fast approaching the midpoint of the fantasy regular season, and for some of you, that's an exciting notion. The weather gets cold, the holidays begin, and every single fantasy matchup can be the difference between you hoisting a fantasy trophy, looking up Airbnb locations for 2021, and collecting your loot, or facing another year-long wait to start again, sleeping on the ground, eternal shame, the whole bit. While the first half of the season can establish whether your team is a playoff team or a lost cause, it is far from deciding whose name goes on the trophy. Throughout Gridiron's history, only two winners have been in first place through Week 5, and those were James Buchanan in 2017 and Steel Curtain in 2014. Both were undefeated through five weeks at the time. Only two teams have ever won a Gridiron Championship while having a losing record through five weeks, and those were the Dog Pound, who were 1-4 in 2004 through five weeks, and Sex Raptor, who was 2-3 in 2018. You can take these statistics any way you'd like, but the simple fact is that the first-place team in the Gridiron thus far has only won 12% of the championships. That is through five weeks, which is where we're at. Now, I lost this week, so of course I'm going to shame all of you, because that's the kind of guy I am. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. Let's start with Dad. You Once again, you're proud of tickling the league's balls when it comes to trades, but the funny thing is, you're only hurting yourself. Your team has major death problems to the point where if a buy hits, you pretty much just eat it. I was looking up when I play you, hoping for a few buys that you will inevitably do nothing about, and then I realized, oh shit, now I crushed you week one. Shame on you, dad. Oh god, this one should be easy. Shame on you, Darth Scott. This has to be the worst 3-2 and two team in the history of the Gridiron. I feel sick just knowing that we have the same record. You rattle off two wins the past few weeks with a grand total of 125 and 119. It's pathetic. As of yesterday, this may have been one of, if not the worst team in the league, and then you go off and trade your first-round pick for a rookie flyer. You deserve everything that is coming for you and more, you miserable... Shame on you, Darth Scott. Shame on you, Eternal Touchdown. You fell for the oldest trick in the book when I shipped Michael Thomas to you for a three-by-low candidates. I didn't exactly know he w- was going to punch DB and miss last week, but I did know he wasn't going to play this week, the week that you were playing me, because he's on bye. Do you ever look ahead of the current week? Shame on you, Eternal Touchdown. Shame on you, Camacho. I have been shaming this one and four dumpster fire all season, and it seems just week after week he keeps throwing gasoline on it. I feel at this point he's just giving away players to other teams who are nice to him. Say something nice about Camacho, and he'll just give you CD Lamb or DK Metcalf. Buy him lunch, and Josh Allen could be yours. Shame on you, Camacho. Shame on you, last man standing, even though Brad is winning the 
who cares less war this year. Your unwillingness to make a solid move to get any running back help now has you starting Devontae Freeman and Frank Gore at running back. Also, is this your team name now? Is it out of pure apathy or do you really like it? Because it, it sucks. Shame on you, last man standing. Shame on you, maestro. You had us all fooled into thinking your team was good. Well, it's not. You catfished us with your fake pictures of your beautiful team when you're actually just a 157-point fat chick. At any sign of diversity, your team could just fall apart, maybe lose a few games before the playoffs, so you get used to it when you inevitably choke again. Shame on you, maestro. Shame on you, Fupa Slayer. You trade away your whole team every week to try and clean up the mess you made when you took your dog to the groomer instead of drafting. Your team looks like trash, and the only way you're winning these games is because you keep sacrificing talent to win one week at a time. A great strategy for week three, four, and five. I still feel great about you not making the playoffs because your team is pure filth. Shame on you, Fupa Slayer. Shame on you, unicycle polar bears. You picked up and dropped Alexander Madison within minutes of each other, which puzzled the whole league. And while most of the things you say and do puzzle us, at least with this, you had some kind of an excuse. You were convinced Dalvin Cook was okay for whatever reason. He obviously wasn't, as he's not playing this week, which makes me wonder if we were watching the same game or even the same sport. Shame on you, unicycle polar bears. Shame on you, Ulysses S. Grant. Your team is just one big, stiff, white guy QB carousel. I don't know if you think you're improving your QB situation or what, but it still looks like shit. I will admit your team has done better, but that's not really difficult to do when you're coming from the asshole of the league. Lipstick on a pig. Shame on you, Ulysses S. Grant. Shame on you, Notorious. You made a lateral trade on a Monday to lose this week for Hedeman. You're lucky Scott doesn't care much, but oh boy, would that drive me up the wall. I'm kind of worried you may trade Big Ben to Clay this week to try to sink my battleship. You're like a wrestler who dives into the ring to crack somebody with a chair during a title match. Shame on you, Notorious. Oh, Rumham, shame on you. It seems like every week you're rooting for something crazy to happen in a primetime game for you to pull off some crazy once-in-a-lifetime upset, and boy, am I tired of it. On top of that, you're exploiting Darth Scott by having him hand over Matt Ryan? Those must be some really incriminating photos. Shame on you, Rumham. Shame on you, Poopy2. You think your team is good? Maybe try playing some competition. Lowest points against. You think it's cool to pick on these weak teams? Well, you haven't faced any of us that are above you, and boy, when that day of reckoning comes, you're going to feel it. Don't act all high and mighty. Shame on you, Poopy2. That rhymes. Shame on you, Disco Lemonade. Again, this is all in good fun, as every time I do this, it means I lost. So I'm, taking, I'm talking from a level where I'd rather not be at. I know some have said that they like when I shame people more than they enjoy the episodes that I give kudos, but I'm not convinced yet that they enjoy me losing. It's not just that they enjoy me losing above all else. I'll leave you with this. There seems to be more chatter than ever about QBs who don't have it anymore, quote unquote. And although it's a fair subject to bring up when a QB is nearing 40 or in some case surpassed it, we have to put ourselves in the shoe of the organization. 
Yes, there are calls for Jacoby Brissett and James Winston to get their chances when these aging QBs struggle, but you have to ask yourself in a playoff game with their survival on the line, would you rather hand the ball to either of these failed starters or a Hall of Famer? Even if that Hall of Famer is in the twilight of the career, it's only week five, and neither the Saints nor the Colts are below 500. Thanks for listening this week. I'll be back tomorrow at the same time, joined as always by Scott Sheddick to state our gridiron picks and get you ready for the Thursday night game. Whoops, no Thursday night game this week. Well, good luck this week, guys, and go after it. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. If you're seeing things running through your head, who can you call?